You're listening to A Future and a Hope Radio with Pastor Bill Penna of Calvary Chapel Grace Fellowship in Tuxedo, New York. Join us as Pastor Bill teaches verse by verse through God's Word. So important we continue to appreciate God. So important. So important. The enemy wants to come in and go, I know God's good, but what about that? What about that thing he did to you? Remember how God did that? You know, meanwhile, God's going, I don't remember doing that. I remember saying, don't do that. You did it, and then this happened. But I still love you. And this man now, he's praising the Lord. We'll wrap it up, verse 9. It says, and all the people there saw him walking and praising God. It can be easy to lose sight of who God is and what he's done for us. Well, today... Pastor Bill shares that remembering God's faithfulness and goodness to you is essential in those moments. Not only does it give you hope for the future, but recounting how God has proven himself faithful in the past will give you the ammunition you need when doubts and fear take hold. And then, like the man in this passage, you'll rejoice in and be grateful for what God has already done and what he's doing right now. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Acts chapter 3 as he continues his message a miracle-working church. We're seeing a man later on, I think it's Acts 6, they'll tell us this man who was healed was over 40 years old. His muscles completely atrophied. They never, he didn't have muscles. He never developed them. So this miracle brought about muscle strength. His nerves, they would have been gone. It's a miracle, guys. It's a miracle. Our God can do miracles. Whether it be a physical miracle we need of healing, whether it be a miracle in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives, relationally, in our walk with him, our God is able to do these things. Now, listen, I want you to see this. Peter looks at this man, and I want you to see what he says. He says, silver and gold, I do not have. Now, think about this with me. If you've been with us, we looked at this, The 3,000 are saved on the day of Pentecost. The Bible tells us at that moment, many of them sold all their goods, right? They sold it, took that money. It was commonality. Remember we talked about this? It's not communism. It was communism. And they gave it, they gave it to the church, to this initial church to be used for the kingdom. Now, this is what's interesting. Who's the people, who's the men that are basically in charge of the church, this revival? You're reading about them right here. It's Pete and John. (laughs) But Pete and John look at this lame man, and what do they say? Silver and gold I do not have. You know, in my Bible, what I did was I wrote next to that, silver and gold I do not have for you. (laughs) You know, it's amazing. I started off the message talking about how many homeless there are in the United States, in New York and such. So we act, this is what's amazing. I didn't actually have to read a statistical review to to know what's happening in the homeless population because we as a church actually go to Newburgh. We actually go. We've been going for a few years now. And this is what's interesting. When you go on the streets and you actually minister to homeless people and then you, you, you do that, you see the real people, then you read the reports, right? The patterns of this world. The things the world says are the reason why they're homeless. I did the research. You know, number one reason they say why these people are homeless. You know, number one, they said, HUD report, there are not enough jobs available. Number one. The second reason why these people are homeless, number two, you know what it was? 
They have no place to live. I thought, how much money did you spend to figure out the homeless person's homeless? Because he has no place to live. That's a tough one there. I mean, gosh, you know, you love that, right? But you know what's amazing? As a church, listen, we're not just doing things to check off boxes or following governmental programs. We're going to see what the Bible says. We're going to shake this thing out and we're going to live it out, right? So now we do this. You know what's interesting? We go on the street, we minister to these people. And you know what? Neither of those two things are the reason why they're homeless. We've looked at them and we've said, listen, we are here for you. We love you. If you want to come out, we will help you do that. That's not the problem, church. That's not the problem. That has nothing to do with the problem. It's not even their problem number 1,472 of their problems. You see, Peter and John, the first church understood this. And that's why Peter and John say, silver and gold, I do not have for you because that's not what you need. But he says, but what I have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now listen, going back to the point, you know, these people were people of power and authority. I, I believe every believer in Jesus, when we pull away all the layers and all the stuff that wastes our time and we're wasting our life on, right? When we get past all that, I think all of us fundamentally want to be used of the Lord. I think we say, I want to be used of God. I want my life to matter. Listen, in order to be used of God, you need to have two things, power and authority. Number one is power. Listen, I'll use the illustration of a vehicle. I don't care what type of car you have. You could have a 1972, you know, Ford Pinto, and you need gasoline in the tank or the car is not going to run. Or you could have a 2021 Ferrari Testarossa convertible. I got, I'm getting one this next week. And uh, no, I'm going to, but it doesn't matter how beautiful your car is. If you don't have gasoline in that car, is it going to run? No. It's the same. See, Satan knows that. If you don't come and get filled, if you're not having gas in the tank, if you don't have fuel, you're not gonna, it's not gonna work. You need to have power. The power is that of the Holy Spirit, right? Amen, you understand? You need the Holy Spirit. You need to say, Lord, would you fill me with your spirit? So these people had power, but they didn't just have power. They also had what? They had authority. Can you say authority? authority? They had authority. What does that mean? Listen, I hold in my hand authority. This is the key to my car. Once again, a Ferrari Testarossa, as I shared with you earlier. (laughs) Now, imagine I took this key and I went to the dealership and I said, you know, today I am filled with faith. And I went over to that Ferrari and I stuck, well, first of all, you know, probably he's like retina scan or something, you know. I have your DNA match, okay, you know, be like, (laughs) drives me right to the Antichrist house. Anyways, so... Sorry. (laughs) This key is authority, meaning this key starts a car. A car. Right? The people that go, you know what? I'm not really into the Bible, right? I'm not into learning what God says, but I've got faith and power. And the key I have opens every door. No, it doesn't. That's why you're broke and sick, you know. It doesn't work like that. The word of God opens the door and starts the ignition of the plans of God for your life. When you and I say, all right, I've got your word. Now I go do whatever I want. And we go, bum, 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 bum. 
Why is my car keep breaking down? Because you're not doing what God told you to do. You're not obeying him. These people had power. They had the power of the spirit, but they were also doing the will of God. They weren't creating Christianity after their own image. They were doing what God said. They were actually, these were the apostles that were a part of the beginning of the church, a revival, 3,000 people just got saved. Guess what? They do not have an entourage. I want you to notice. They also did not have a uh, detail to protect Peter and John from people getting too close to them. Do you notice that? And they were going to the hour of prayer. (laughs) They're literally going, we're the apostles and God just used me and the spirit of God came upon me, but I still need to show up for prayer. Do you see that? You know, I hear this so often, and I, and I say this lovingly, but listen, I hear going, Pastor, we need to see the miracles of the book of Acts again. I want to see that. Oh, I want to see it. Listen, you ready for this? I do too. This is a secret though. You're going to read the book of Acts and you're going to discover, whoo, these people were pretty committed to Jesus. You know, we think they gathered every day. They didn't gather every day. They gathered three times a day. (laughs) You know, the the Spirit of God was so present there. Yes, there were many healings. But also, when people in the church lied to the Holy Spirit, right, they looked on and they said, man, I want to look Christian too. I want to look holy too. So Ananias, you ever heard of this fella? Any children in the children's ministry called Ananias or Sapphira? I don't think so, right? The reason why? The Holy Spirit is so present. They go out, people were selling their goods, giving it to the work of the kingdom so the kingdom could be advanced. They were sacrificing to move forth and bring about salvation of souls, right? And God's doing that. And then Ananias and Sapphira go, I want it to look like that too. So they go, listen, we sold this property and this is how much money we have and we're gonna give it to the Lord. Well, that's not true. They lied. And the presence of God was so powerful there in the book of Acts. We'll read it later, but let's put it this way. They were slain in the spirit, okay? You'll have to read that one on your own. Little joke. They, they don't make it. Listen, we want these things. Believers want these things, but I want to say something to you. It costs something. Now listen, what you get is not worth what it costs you. What you get far surpasses what it costs you. But it does cost something. It does. It costs something. And Peter and John here, you know, when he took this man's right hand and he lifted him up in public, it cost something. To go to the hour of prayer cost him something. It said he had to say no to something to go do what he was supposed to do. But man, I don't think he's complaining that that's his moment. Look what happens, verse eight, we're almost through. Listen, so he, this is the man who is healed, leaping up, stood and walked. And now he enters the temple with them. Notice here, he doesn't get healed and delivered and then go, thanks guys, I gotta go to the football game now, right? You see that? He gets up, he goes, all right, where are you going? I'm going to church, all right. Right, you know, like people go, I wanna be used to disciple others. Okay, go to church and bring people with you. That's pretty much it, that's how it works. And then you go to lunch after Talk about things. Walk with them through life. This is what happens. Walking, leaping, praising God. It's amazing. Enter the temple with them. He's walking. He's leaping. He's praising God. 
We're almost through. It's number four. If you're taking out a miracle working church, number four, it's a people that appreciated God. It's appreciating him. Jesus will tell a, a parable of 10 lepers. He heals 10 of them. Do you know how many of those lepers come back to praise him? The Bible says one. One, that's the big secret with healing is someone can get healed, can get healed physically and actually not get healed spiritually. In our world today, we are far more focused on the physical than we are on the spiritual. And in God's economy, he's going, no, 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 man. The spiritual, man, that's, that's it. When somebody gets right with God, things follow behind that. It's amazing. And this man, he's praising the Lord. He's praising him. He's thanking him. He's appreciating him. You know, you and I, so myopic. You know, I was talking to a brother. He's, you know, originally from a different country. And, you know, you're kind of talking through a lot of the things you were seeing happen in the world around us, right? You know, we live in this country where whether we, it's really, a, it's a really radical time in history. It really is. Because what is obviously true, people are like living in this fictional reality, right? So, so we're living in this country where in America, we are the wealthiest nation that has ever been by a long shot, right? So, so, you know, we're looking at this last season, you know, in some of these other countries, you know, people, if, if they don't go to work for 30 days, they die. <laughs> like people, people can't quarantine. Much of the reason is because they, they get their food for that night. You know when they get it? They get it that day. So a dad has to go and go whatever, however his body's feeling because he's got to, his, his kids need food. And that's not some countries, church. That's the majority of planet earth. That's the days that we're living in. This isn't my, I'm not saying, you know, I really feel like God spoke to me about this. No, no, no. It's a fact. What I'm saying right now is a fact. This is the real world. And we live in a country where predominantly it's imploding on itself because of delusion. Where there's people in our country going, I, it's, uh, it's not fair. It's going, no, no, no. We live in the most wealthy country ever. The people that we go minister to on the streets of Newburgh are not there. They're not there. They actually do pretty well. You'd be surprised. You know, when they want alcohol, they go get alcohol. When they want drugs, they have that. They're not there because of that. They're there because they need Jesus. And as the church, the world doesn't understand that. We're the only ones whose eyes have been opened. We're the ones that God wants to use. And this man appreciated the Lord. So important we continue to appreciate God. So important. So important. The enemy wants to come in and go, I know God's good, but what about that? What about that thing he did to you? Remember how God did that? You know, meanwhile, God's going, I don't remember doing that. I remember saying, don't do that. You did it. And then this happened, right? But I still love you. And this man now, he's praising the Lord. And we'll wrap it up, verse nine. It says, and all the people there saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled, notice here, two words, wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. It's our last point, number five, a miracle working church. Number five, it's filled with a people that are healed. 
It's filled with the people that are healed. Listen, Peter and John, I want you to note this. When they looked at this beggar, they says, what I do have, I give you. Brother, sister, listen, Christian, can you say that? Can you say that to someone else? Can you say what I do have, I give you? You know, one of the great challenges, and uh, it was about, I think it was about 15 years ago, I was at the Calvary Chapel Pastors Conference, and there was a man there, he's been a part of Calvary Chapel almost from the beginning, his name is Norman Geisler, he was a world-renowned apologist, he wasn't a dynamic speaker, I I remember, I love these types of guys, but I remember he'd have all these uh, PowerPoints, you know, and he'd be going through all this intricate details on doctrine, things like this. And I've never been, you know, it's kind of funny, even at a pastor's conference, never seen so many men sleeping at the same time, right? But I remember all of a sudden he moves away from the PowerPoint and he kind of looks at us and he says, brothers, listen. He goes, you know, I've been a part of the church for a long time and I've studied Christianity, I've studied the Bible. He goes, and what Satan has not been able to do attacking the church from the out time, outside over the last 300 years he has accomplished in the last 20 years by joining the church. And I remember saying that, I was like, wake up, this is, this is good stuff, you know. Come on, wake up, wake up, wake up. It's the same. Listen, what do I mean by that? Peter and John, these fishermen by trade, sinners, Peter had just denied Jesus three times but been restored. He knew what this was. He experienced it. He was living it. This was real for them. Peter and John weren't going to the hour of prayer to go, man, I really need to learn how to look more Christian. Do you understand? There is a difference, church. So much of Christianity today, I believe if we spent 10% of the energies in our life, stop trying to act Christian and learn how to, what does a Christian look? I don't know what a Christian looks like. I mean, a Christian looks like somebody who's humble, who's an amazement, who still is going, Lord, is wonderful. You know, I think a Christian looks like somebody who's sharing the gospel with someone else, who's learning to love his wife like Christ loved the church, respect their husband, who's learning to live holy. But that's not what, we're lear- that's not what it means anymore to be a Christian. But that is what it means. That is, brothers, sisters, that's where the blessing is. And I believe if we spent, spent less time trying to act Christian and actually said, Lord, this is where I'm at. This is what's going on in my life. These are my fears. These are my struggles. Lord, this is where I'm failing. God, would you take me as I am? Would you change my heart? My goodness, you know what happened? You know what happened? You'd be made well. The same Jesus that healed this lame man from birth, he would heal you too. He would heal you too. You know, I I, want to make sure we leave this time as we close knowing two things. Number one, the God of the Bible, Jesus Christ is still alive today. And listen, church, he's able to heal. He's able to heal people. But listen, number two, what I want to make sure we leave with today. Listen, a physical healing is a wonderful thing. It really is. I love watching it. I mean, anytime I've seen a physical healing, not only am I excited for the person who's healed, I leave jumping and like a little like, wow, it's amazing, right? Because it is legitimately amazing. But number two, what I want to make sure we leave with is the understanding that a physical healing is not as great as a spiritual healing. 
You know, the greatest miracles I've been able to see, and I've seen some miracles. It's wonderful. Even myself personally, I remember um, as a, uh, early on in my walk, I was a camp counselor at this Christian camp in Florida. I got strep throat. Not trying to be offensive, but there used to be things called, there's something called strep throat. It was a long, long time ago though. But I had strep throat, you know, I was sick. And they, actually the camp, they didn't want it to spread through the camp because I had strep throat. And, and sickness spreads, strep throat spreads. So they sent me to a doctor. No, I'm just telling you, that's what happened. They sent me to a doctor and the doctor diagnosed me because they wanted to find out, is it allergies or he had strep throat? I had strep throat. So they said, listen, I said, please don't send me home. You know, there was, I, was, uh, I was over this, this house. They used to call it by Bible mountains. I was Mount Gerizim was my house. And I was ministering to all these kids. And I mean, I'm talking real stuff. Like this was 20 years ago now, maybe longer. I only imagine today the kids were experiencing real stuff, like brokenness. Their families were broken. It was breaking them. And I remember saying, don't send me home. Don't send me home. They're like, well, you have strep throat. I said, give me one night. I just sensed like God was saying, I'm gonna do something. So then I couldn't really cry out too much because I had strep throat. I was like, you know, he hears your prayers, all the groans, right? And I was reading the word and I was laying in my little bunk there and they put me in this house all by myself. I was in isolation then for strep throat. And what happened was I was crying out to God. I was, Lord healed me. I don't, not, not, I didn't say, Lord, I really wanna go see this movie with my friends, Lord. That's not what it was. I said, Lord, I'm serving you. God, these kids are building relationships. If I just drop off the map and they don't know what happened, it's gonna have consequences for them. They go, where'd Bill go? I was just building their trust and they, I was sharing Jesus with them. And I remember that night I was praying and I, I was reading in Daniel chapter 10, verse 13. And that's where Daniel is crying out to God, waiting for a message from God about what's gonna happen to Israel. And the angel finally comes and he says he was held up by the prince of Persia. I remember this. So I remember reading going, Lord, I sense like you want to heal me. I sense like I'm not to leave here, that I'm to stay the course, that I'm to press through, that you have a plan in the midst of this. And God, I'm asking you to heal me. And I don't even know when I fell asleep, but I fell asleep at some moment. And when I woke up the next morning, I had never felt so good in my entire life. I was healthy as a horse and I was a lunatic, man. If you think this guy you're meeting now is a little crazy, I was a lunatic. I was, Jesus, heal me. I was telling everybody and anybody, and they're going, you have strep throat, get away from me. I said, no, I don't. And that's wonderful. And it was powerful. But can I say this truthfully? To watch a man, the greatest miracles, the greatest miracles I've ever witnessed, the greatest miracles. I can look around this church and I can see where these things happen. I have literally seen men and women who finally realized Jesus Christ died for my sins and I'm forgiven all the sin I've committed that I've been trying to hide and cover up and pretend I never did. He knows, but he's forgiven me in that moment to watch the waterfall of tears come down and the burden be lifted and the life be changed. It's not even close to a physical healing. It's so far better to watch a new creation in Christ Jesus literally be born before your eyes. We're so glad you tuned in today for a Future and a Hope Radio. There's more to learn from Max, so join us next time before we wrap up our time with you today. 
We'd like to know if you'd be interested in being a part of our team here at A Future and A Hope Radio. We value having prayer partners who are seeking God for direction for this ministry. We'd be so thankful to have you team with us. Another impactful way you can serve this ministry is by considering giving financially to A Future and A Hope Radio. Pastor Bill and all of us involved in this ministry are excited to see what God will do with His Word, reaching people near and far. If you'd like to be a part of this by giving, there's an easy way to do that. Simply go to ccgfchurch.org and find the Give tab. Can we just say thank you for even considering this? What a blessing. If you're ever in the Hudson Valley area, we'd like to invite you to come visit us at Calvary Chapel Grace Fellowship. You'll find all the details you need at ccgfchurch.org. With that said, our time with you today is about up, but we encourage you to keep reading in the book of Acts, to keep learning and being amazed by the great acts that God accomplished through His people. This should empower you and also give you a future and a hope radio.